can make you successful no matter what. I am never going to be the coach that tells you it's going to be drastically easy with me. It still will be a challenge. It still will require a lot of work, but I just want to make sure that the person is open to the amount of work it's going to take. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing? I am living the dream, Cherie. Thank you so very much for having me. I am excited to chat. Well, when you say living the dream, that's something that we all aspire to. Please tell us how you started living the dream and how we can accomplish that as well. <laughs> well, I think my version of the dream probably looks different than others, and that's totally fine. Uh, today, I get to podcast every single day. And when I first started this journey, that was what I wanted. I said, I, I want to wake up when I want. I want to be my own boss. I want to podcast with amazing people. And here we are seven years later, and that's what I have the opportunity and privilege to do. So I don't want to complain about what I what I w- would have really, really traded a lot for a few years ago. Now, when you say seven years, what was that one thing that moved the needle that really made you realize that you wanted to do something different? I I achieved financial success at 26 years of age, and I thought it was going to fix all of my internal voids. I thought having more money would make me confident. I thought it would make me less insecure. I thought it would fix my fears and it didn't do that. And I realized that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So in 2017, I created a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. So I think for many of us, self-improvement and the necessity to change, unfortunately, is a byproduct of pain. And it was the pain of making the most money I ever did, but feeling probably the worst I ever did. Wow. Now with the podcast, who do you serve with your podcast? We have found that maybe, and this might not be the the path that you would expect, but our demographic tends to be women between 20 and 50. A lot of moms that are looking to get to the next level of their life, but they don't really want to start their own business or be a full-time entrepreneur. They want some internal work done. So that's who we tend to serve. And then underneath that, we have a lot of different opportunities for business owners and stuff like that. But the primary demographic is women who are hungry for more in their life and the self-improvement content that they found just didn't really resonate with them. Now, our audience includes a lot of entrepreneurs and also people that are trying to transition to entrepreneurship. Mm. So are you telling us that after you had the car, the money and the Amer- and the American dream, you just quit cold turkey? What was your journey like? <laughs> it was very painful. Yeah, I wish I could tell you that I quit and then I ended up where I am today. So I left my job in 2018 and I think I had $10,000 at the bank at the time. I partnered up with one of my good friends who's now the the CEO of our company and my business partner. And the first two, three years, it was literally overcoming my insecurities of, I don't know anything about business. I always feel like an imposter. I'm definitely not smart enough. And it was really that it was the, it was the financial journey that was the hardest thing for me because I went from making a lot of money 
to being $35,000 in credit card debt. But to your point, you and I talked about this, I think behind the scenes a little bit. I started to get coached by people and we found coaches and we found mentors and I started reading books and I started watching Ted talks and I started to understand that I am way more malleable than I realized. I thought the way I was, was the way I was going to be forever. And I just had a lot of opportunities to grow in the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And I don't know if there's anything better than experience. You can read a lot in books and you can learn a lot by watching YouTube videos, but there's something about you experiencing life that I think is irreplaceable. And I was very fortunate to have a lot of different opportunities to experience things. So let's kind of unpack that a little bit because you really hit on something. Um, in addition to having an awesome podcast yourself, Thank you. you mentioned coaches, but you are also a coach. Mm. What sort of opportunities do you offer people who are looking for a coach? Yeah. So within our business, we have mindset coaching. We have peak performance coaching. We have business coaching. We have group coaching. We have a lot of those. If you feel like you're stuck and you just can't figure out why, it's usually an internal issue, not an external one. So a lot of the work we do is around identity. And then now more than ever, I do a lot of podcast coaching. I almost exclusively do podcast coaching at this point. That's the majority of my time. So I help podcasters figure out their audience, grow, scale, monetize their shows, and hopefully get to do more of what they love and less of what they don't. Those are the big pulls on my time now. Well, I saw something that was really interesting on your website that you actually help with your love life or love. <laughs> Or life to comma love. Mm. If you can break that down, I mean, are you looking for singles out there who are looking to connect? <laughs> what is that about? No, I am. I am very happily married. When we first started this self improvement journey, I realized that I had already been very physically fit. I had won a bodybuilding show, but when I did, my mental health was in the toilet. I had made a lot of money, but when I did that, my mental health was in the toilet. And there were times where I was succeeding in one arena of life, but the rest of the arenas of my life were just crumbling below me. So when we started this journey, we said, I don't want to just be successful. I want to be holistically successful. I want to be well-rounded. I want to be three-dimensionally successful. So when we talk about life, love, health, and wealth, what we're really saying is, I want you to work on yourself so you can improve your relationship. I want you to work on yourself so you can prove your self-love. I want you to have the opportunity and the empowerment to make more aligned financial decisions. And I want you to be healthier. I want you to have the opportunity to live a fulfilling life through physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So anytime we're talking about holistic or well-rounded, that's when we're talking about leveling up your life through leveling up your love, health, and wealth. So was that the birth of Next Level University? That was the birth. The birth of Next Level University was one of our mentors telling us the title of our podcast sucked. We were, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were working with one of our mentors, Evan Carmichael at the time. And he said, you guys are really good at what you do. You're really good interviewers. You're really smart. The name of your podcast sucks though. I can never remember it. I always remember you guys, but I can never remember the name of the podcast. I think you guys need to, to rebrand. And we ended up rebranding from hyperconscious to next level university, 475 episodes in or something like that. Very scary. Very scary. Right. Well, give Evan a high five. Because, I will. Yeah, that was a great move. Great <laughs> yes. advice. I concur. I didn't at the time, but I do now. So 
I know that you said the move was about seven years ago, but up until that time, tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? What were some of the things that kind of shaped your love of reading and books and wanting to know more? I was raised in a very small town called Uxbridge in Massachusetts. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So obviously that played a role and that definitely put a chip on my shoulder as a young man. I didn't really have a love for growth or books or learning so much. In fact, that after high school, I decided not to go to college. I said, I'm not, I'm not doing another four years of school. That ain't it. That is not it for me. So I ended up working a bunch of odd jobs. I pumped gas at a gas station. I cleaned floors and toilets at a hospital, truck driver, forklift operator, on-call firefighter for a very short period of time, many different things. So for me, I always felt like I was destined for failure. I never expected to be any level of successful. I never expected to be any level of intelligent. I never planned most of the things I'm doing today. So the love of growth for me came from the lack of love for the stagnation that I felt in my life. And once you start growing, it becomes addictive. And then when you start to see there's a lot of possibility and a lot of potential for my life, that was a big piece. And now since we have a self-improvement company, obviously if I stop growing, the business is going to stop growing and I'm going to be in trouble. So I wouldn't necessarily say I grew up with a love of growth or education or reading or learning. A lot of it became a a necessary byproduct of the amount of growth I needed to do in order to accomplish the goals I created. Yeah. That is so awesome Um, because I noticed you do have a book club. (laughs) Yes. I want to drop in on you guys. So if you're (laughs) um, every Saturday, every Saturday, 1230 to 130 Eastern. Yes. um, You may catch Kevin in the book. You also mentioned that you have a partner. Um, is your story similar? You know, it sounded kind of crazy. You said, well, I, you know, I'm making six figures. I'm going to quit my job and go do this new thing. My business partner and I went to middle school as well as high school together. Then he took a very different path and he went to one of the top uh, technological schools in the world. And while I was pumping gas, he was out getting his master's degree in electrical and computer engineering and master's in business and all that stuff. Then we ended up reconnecting later because he had a very similar thing. He was making close to $200,000 a year in corporate America, but he was miserable. He was very unhappy. He was very unfulfilled. And he said, there's got to be more to life than this. So he ended up leaving his job and he left his job a few years before I left mine. So we're very similar in a lot of ways. We're very different in a lot of ways as well. But one of the things that has always united us is we both grew up without fathers. His father unfortunately passed away in a car accident when he was two. So for a while, even before the podcast, we would spend Father's Day together because we didn't have anybody else in our lives who had really experienced that. So we're very, very different, but our stories are very similar in overcoming adversity, achieving success at what looked like a young age and it looked like success, trading it all in to go all in on this and now becoming more fulfilled and more holistically successful than before. Awesome. You mentioned that you do a lot of podcast coaching. How does that differ from the business coaching that you do, or is it kind of something that's intertwined? So Alan does a lot of coaching with business owners that don't have podcasts. I work exclusively with business owners that do have podcasts. So a lot of the fundamentals are the same, 
talking about supply and demand and talking about uh, tools and training and, and team and systems and all that. A lot of that is the same. But for me, a lot of it is just what works on like brick and mortar businesses doesn't always necessarily work on digital businesses and podcasting. There's way more to it than just you and I in front of the microphone, as you know, as a podcaster, when this interview ends, there's always other stuff to do that is just as important as this. So Alan works with digital businesses and brick and mortar businesses that don't have podcasts. All of my clients have podcasts slash want to have podcasts. So that's a big differentiator for us. So, you know, I'm going to have to ask you the question. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see podcasters making that really hurt their ratings and their visibility? Uh, One of the things is they just don't understand the importance of social media. They think that a podcast is not a growth mechanism. And all I mean by that is you could go start a YouTube channel. You could start a social media channel. You could start a blog. You could, there's a lot of other things you could do just because you happen upon a podcast does not mean the podcast is going to be the mechanism that creates success for you. So it's going in with the understanding that the podcast is only as important slash valuable slash will grow to the things that you're doing before and after it. So social media is unreasonably important for most of us as podcasters. And then the question I always ask people is, where do they go after the podcast? So when your listeners finish the episode, where where are they supposed to go? And oftentimes people say, I have no idea. Oftentimes people say, I want them to give me money. Oftentimes people say, maybe the website. You have to treat the podcast like a business. And you have to understand that you're doing lead generation and you're doing sales and you're doing marketing and you're doing client delivery. So that's been a big thing I've learned over the last seven years. And then I think the the other thing too is, unfortunately, a lot of podcasters are playing the the short game where... They say, you know what, I'll give it 25 episodes, I'll give it 50 episodes, but if I don't get X result, this probably isn't for me. That's like going into a relationship and saying, well, yeah, we'll see how the first six months goes, and if it if it doesn't go well, we're probably not going to stay together. It most likely isn't going to go well with that frame of mind. It's not exactly a growth mindset to have. So those are a couple of the big ones I see, yeah. What about things that podcasters are doing right? Like some of your clients that are really excelling with their podcast, what are some things they're doing correctly? They have a lot of one-on-one conversations with listeners slash people on social media. That's a big one. One of the things my clients get sick of hearing this from me, but one of the things I say so often is scale the unscalable. All I mean by that is I don't care if you have 50 people listening to your podcast, that's 50 opportunities for you to send one-on-one messages once you realize who's listening. So I have a lot of clients that are really, really good at that. And now more than ever, my, my podcast clients get better as speakers. They really, really improve as speakers because I always advise them not to edit their podcast a ton. I always say, don't edit it because if you do, it becomes a crutch. And when you're on stage, you don't get to edit anything. When you're on a coaching call, you're not going to get to edit it. So I always try to create the opportunity and the empowerment for them to grow into a new skill set. And a lot of our clients have become really, really, really powerful speakers, great storytellers. And I always enjoy that very much. That's always a, a very interesting transition to witness. Well, you know, we would just love for you to possibly name drop some of these clients because I've seen some very impressive faces actually done interviews with you. <laughs> Who, yeah, I'm looking and, you know, Dean Graciosi, 
Lori Harder, all those guys are great. We've been very blessed. Yeah, we've had we've had some really awesome guests. Dave Meltzer was on a bunch. Evan Carmichael, Lori Harder, Anthony Trucks, Chris Harder, Dean Graziosi. I'm sure I'm missing a ton. And then we actually right now we're producing Evan Carmichael's podcast. He has a podcast called Tell Me Why I Suck in Evan Carmichael <laughs> brand. That makes sense. But a lot of our a lot of our other podcasters are they're small businesses. They're people who they were really successful in one area of life. And then they said, you know what? I don't really want to do this corporate thing or I don't really want to do this thing I'm doing. I want to impact people through a podcast or through speaking or through coaching. So most of our podcasts are actually small business owners slash early entrepreneurs who it started out as a side hustle and they got to the place where they said, look, I need help growing this. I need help with production. I need help. And that really is the majority of our, right now, I think we have 53 podcasts that we produce. So the majority of them are small business owners slash early entrepreneurs. So if someone comes to you and say, hey, I'd like to start a podcast. What is some of the initial information that you ask them to see if they're actually ready for a podcast? <laughs> I always say on a scale of uh, on a scale of one to 10, how much time, energy, effort, and focus do you have to put into the podcast? Always. How much time, energy, effort, and focus do you have to put into social media? Those are, those are the top two questions I ask. And then usually what I try to do is I try to get an understanding of what are their expectations. So paint a picture of what your one-year expectations are, okay? Without me, paint a picture of what your one-year approach would look like, okay? And then I always try to feel people out on their time perspective. So... I believe that the reason, three big reasons people don't succeed, they have the wrong approach, they have the wrong expectations, or they have the wrong time perspective. And if I can talk to you about that in advance, a year just isn't that long in the podcast world. It's just not. If you do an episode a week, it's 52 episodes. That's just not that many episodes. Imagine 52 workouts, not a lot is going to change. So I'm always looking for that information. And then I'm always feeling out the, the level of of work somebody is willing to do because again, podcasts are sexy. They, they got really sexy during COVID. A lot of people started podcasts because there was more time, but just because it's the sexy thing and just because there's a lot of people succeeding with it doesn't mean it's easy to do that. So I'm always going in with the frame of, I am never going to be the coach who tells you I can make you successful no matter what. I am never going to be the coach that tells you it's going to be drastically easy with me. It still will be a challenge. It still will require a lot of work, but I just want to make sure that the person is open to the amount of work it's going to take. Well, it's clear you definitely know a lot about podcasts. So if I were someone who wanted to work with you, how can I work with you? Yeah, just shoot me an email. You can just shoot me an email, kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. And we have Everything from audio editing to video editing to full production. We make social media content. Uh, we do social media posting. We do email list stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that we have within that. But you can just shoot me an email, Kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. I am happy to offer anybody who reaches out a totally free call, whether it's a coaching call or a, a clarity call, more than happy to do that. And let's go back to social media because you have a couple of different schools of thought. Um, I noticed that you said that the, your target audience are people between females between 20 to 50. Mm. 
podcast, I'm sorry, not podcast, TikTok versus Instagram. <laughs> you know, do I have to dance around all the time and make, you know, shorts and reels to get people to listen and watch my podcast? No, I, I think it depends on the level of what alignment means to you. Or what does alignment mean to you? I'm I'm not going to do any TikToks dancing, but I do put podcast content on TikTok because it is a good opportunity to get new eyes for sure. I think most of us, unfortunately, are far more worried about the algorithm that, than we are creating quality content. The algorithm is going to, it's going to push quality content always. And quality, unfortunately, does not always mean uh, the most positive content. So no. In an ideal world, you'd be on every platform doing 10 out of 10 effort. I just know that's not realistic for most of us. I think you should do what's in alignment for you because realistically, the only way to do something sustainably is to make it aligned. The best diet is always going to be the the diet that you'll actually follow to improve. I could give you mine, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So long answer short, no, I think you should do what feels most in alignment with you but don't use that as an excuse not to put in the work necessary to grow. So in the event that I'm unable to work with you at this time, is there another way that I can engage with your community and still get, you know, some tips for growth? A hundred thousand percent. Yeah. The podcast, we do an episode every single day. So next level university is a a podcast in your pocket every single day, completely free. I also have a podcast called podcast growth university. That's all about podcasting. So whether you're looking for self-improvement tips or podcasting tips, we got you there. And then we have virtual monthly events every single month that are totally free. We have a Facebook group. We have an email list. We have a blog. There's a book club, as you mentioned so graciously. We have an app that helps you track your habits. There are a million things going on for free because we understand not everybody has the financial means to invest in a coach, but that doesn't mean there isn't some spot for you over at NLU. Okay. So it seems like you're very busy on the flip side. (laughs) When do you actually rest and kind of, what do you do to wind down? Because if you're doing podcast episodes every day and these other activities, what sort of things would you recommend to kind of just balance life for other entrepreneurs? I think it's a question of figuring out what fills your cup. What, actually, actually, actually fills your cup. And I think, unfortunately, oftentimes we fall into the trap of saying, yeah, you know, I love being out in nature and I love going for a walk. I love doing hikes. But then the moment comes where you want to do it and you say, "Ah, I'd rather sit on the couch. Sitting on the couch might bring you momentary happiness. Going for the hike, going for the walk is going to fulfill you. So for me, I'm a very simple creature. So believe it or not, fitness is like a huge cup filler for me. I know it's counterintuitive because I'm actually putting in more effort, but fitness every day is is super important for me. And then as long as I could spend an hour and a half, two hours with my wife, we'll snuggle in bed and watch a movie. We pretty much do that every night. I love that. I am a huge fan of that. And then on the weekends, usually Sunday is my day just unwind and relax. I don't do any work other than maybe batch my messages. That's big for me. And then just about every weekend, I'm a huge mixed martial arts fan. So pretty much every weekend I watch UFC or some sort of combat sport. That's big for me. But again, I always, I really like to think that my grind is very aligned. I would have, the problems I have today are the problems I was wishing for five years ago. So I try not to ever lose sight of that. And I think I, I need less R and R than I have in the past for sure. 
So if you had one tip um, to share with our listeners on how to play big faster and accomplish their goals, what would it be? I would say be wildly specific with what your strengths are. Be wildly specific with what your weaknesses are and quadruple down on your strengths. Really, coming from the guy who's all about well-roundedness, you can sure up those things later on. If you can get really, really, really good at one thing, you can bring up everything else pretty quickly. So I think that there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that that go and try to do something that you're, they're just not suited to do. They're just not suited to be the type of business owner or entrepreneur that they're trying to be. When if they sat down for a while, found a, a new level of humility, they might say, ah, maybe this this isn't the right path for me. I'm really good at blank. Let me double and triple down on that. So yeah, I would say that. Unfortunately, a lot of the the struggles that I've noticed from people I've worked with, it's because they're rowing in the opposite direction. They're they're rowing against the current already. And success as an entrepreneur is hard enough, never mind if you're going against your natural tendencies. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. Um, and of course, you always have an invitation back to the Play Big Fast <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.